And for me, there was a time that I just didn't desire God. I would roll my eyes and scroll past every single Jesus post that I saw, and I would feel a little guilty about it, but not enough to go back or care about what they said. And it was weird because I didn't even want to desire God. Like I didn't even have that want to have that desire, which is something that I thought was in our DNA. And I also felt like God was mad at me because I wasn't interested or I just started to accept honestly that I was maybe too cold or logical or that something was wrong with me that I couldn't open up or be vulnerable to that love. If you find yourself in that same boat, I want you to know there's absolutely nothing wrong with you, that God is not even mad at you. He has never stopped desiring you. Not for a single moment has he lost any interest in you. And he knows your heart. He knows you don't desire him. None of that is hidden from him. And if God is the creator of your heart, can he not influence it? And if he is the giver of your desires, can he not give life to a new one? So pray and ask God to help you desire him. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Empowerment Project podcast. I am so glad that you are here, and I hope that you are all well and finding more peace every single day. For me, every single day has been a little bit better than the one before. We are settling into this new normal, and things are feeling a little less chaotic or I guess the reality of everything is kind of just setting in. For those of you who are new here, my name is Michaela Modulin, and I am the host of the Empowerment Project podcast. I also run a blog, MichaelaModulin.com, and a YouTube channel where I share faith-based content and lifestyle content. I'm actually back active on YouTube. I've uploaded two videos this week already. One went up today, Wednesday, as you are listening to this, so run over to my channel and check it out. I have another video coming out on Friday and another one on Sunday. So make sure that you are getting ready for those. If you want to keep up with me daily, go follow me on Instagram at McKaylin Modulin. I would also love it if you guys followed the Empowerment Project podcast Instagram. I hired a creative director and she is such a dream. The feed is going to be amazing. It is growing and it looks so, so good. And I'm going to start going live over there as well. So come and join in on the conversation. The, um, at is at the empowerment project pod okay so i'm extremely excited about today's episode we are getting real and raw and all that good stuff we are talking about the reality of not wanting to spend time with god but before we get into that, we are going to do an Ask Mick segment, and this person asked, how do you know when you're ready to date again after a breakup? And I think there are a couple of key indicators to this, and of course, these are subjective. These are just my opinion. Of course, always with everything, we need to seek God on our own and make whatever decision we have peace about, but these are just some of the things that I think can serve as little guideposts on your way to making that decision. Decision. So the first thing that popped into my head is if you can say no. Sometimes it's hard to know if you've really truly moved on from your previous relationship. And for me, one of those ways to help figuring that out is to answer the question, would you say no to your ex if you wanted, if, if they wanted to get back together? Or would you jump back into a relationship with them? Not that you have to put your life on hold for them, but 
you have to put your life on hold or your dating life on hold in order to heal. In general, one of the best ways to know that you're ready to say yes is to know that you are truly willing to obey God if he says no. For instance, in the future, you may find yourself in a relationship where you or someone else really connect and there's obvious chemistry, but it's also apparent that this person does not have the biblical qualities that a Christian partner, a Christian spouse should have. Are you capable of walking away to avoid compromising your values? Another um, key indicator is if you can pray for your ex's happiness. So this is obviously tailored to after a breakup. I think this is important to do anyway to help your heart heal, to take the situation to God so that he can help you move forward. We know that the Bible says bitterness rots the bones and it benefits us nothing to hold on to a grudge or to live in unforgiveness. So it's important to make sure that you are free of all of that so that you can so that you don't carry it over into your next relationship. Another one is when you stop comparing everyone you meet to your ex. Now, I know that to some extent, you're always going to remember your past experiences, what was done right and what was done wrong and use it to learn, but there's definitely a difference in dwelling in your past or wanting someone that resembles them or somebody that is like them or better than them. If you're constantly just kind of comparing that person to, well, so-and-so used to do this or blah, 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 it's important to remember that it's a new relationship. And so if you are constantly going back and comparing them to your ex, you are probably not in a proper space to move forward with someone. Another thing is what are your motives? I know I always say this, but what are your motives? Check your motives. Are you wanting to prove something to your ex? Are you wanting to make them jealous? Are you, are you using this new relationship to avoid dealing with the heartbreak of your old relationship in the pain of singleness? It's really important to be honest with yourself because of course, none of these are good reasons to get into a relationship. Another thing, and this is one of the tougher ones, is once you're content in your singleness, I said that weird, but once you're content in your singleness and you've determined that if you never met anyone for the rest of your life, that Jesus is enough for you forever. This is something that I had to work into, just being content in your singleness. And it's so weird and backwards because when you're content in your singleness, that's typically when you are ready to move into a relationship with somebody else because you are not reliant on them. You are completely dependent on Jesus and the fact that he is enough. Um, the last thing that I wrote down is when your prayers shift from God, send me my blessing to God, make me someone's blessing. Pay attention to the type of prayers that you pray, the way that you're praying them. There's certainly nothing wrong with asking God for specific things that you desire, especially if it's in a partner asking for, you know, and praying for them. But if you are not ready to die to yourself, you probably aren't ready for the sacrifices that come along with a relationship. So make sure that you are not only praying for your future spouse, but that you are working on yourself to be a good godly spouse. So hopefully that serves as a helpful answer. Of course, it will always vary from situation to situation. I think if you are keeping God at the center and you are making decisions with the intention of serving God with your life, I think that you will definitely figure it out. Okay, so like I said, we are getting real and raw in today's episode. We are talking about the reality of not wanting to spend time with God. And so this is kind of just a, I don't know, it's just, it, it sounds like a really hard topic and it kind of is, but because I feel like it's, a, it's sort of taboo. It's something that no one really admits to feeling. Um, but 
I think everybody has struggled with it at one point or another uh, to some extent, to some scale. So I wanted to talk about this because one of our biggest excuses for not getting alone with God is not having enough time. Right now, so many of us are stuck at home, most of us with nothing but time, yet here we are still not pressing in or being intentional about using our time to really be with God. It can be a real struggle to not want to pause, to not want to pull out our Bible, to take time to journal, to not to want to make time to be intentional about really getting alone with God. This can be something that we feel extreme shame about and not want to talk about, but I just want us to throw judgment out the window, out the door, and just be honest with ourselves about this. And I want to talk about it in a way that makes you feel less alone, but also that calls you to calls you forward to push through. So I want us first to relieve ourselves of any condemnation that we may be feeling regarding this topic. The only thing condemnation does, and you guys have heard me talk about this, but the only thing that condemnation does is drive us further away from God and keeps us going, keeps us from going to him because now we've developed this idea that he's mad at us and that can be really, 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 or it will be, it's not even mean it can, it will be really damaging to your relationship. So the first thing that I want you guys to to know is that you are not alone. The second thing that I want you to know is that it doesn't make you a bad Christian. The third thing I want you to know is that God is not mad at you. And the last thing that I want you to know is that this is totally manageable. You can totally overcome this. So I know so many people who struggle to spend time with God and guess what? That does not make them any less saved and it does not make you any less saved because his goodness, God's goodness is not held together. It's not sustained by our performance or even our ability to receive it. He loves us unconditionally due to the magnitude of his faithfulness and his standard of perfection, not our standard of performance. He loves us perfectly regardless of our ability to conceive or conceptualize conceptualize it. His record is completely perfect. He's never dropped the ball. And guess what? He's not going to start with you. We all know that it is extremely important to spend time with God. No one is arguing that. So no one come for me. I'm not justifying putting God on a back burner at all all at all i think spending time with god is the most important thing in your life um chances are that if you are feeling badly about it it is extremely important to you which is just verification that your heart is in the right place you're either struggling to discipline your flesh or you're just in a rut there are plenty of reasons we as Christians want to be connected to the Father. So there's no denying that. I know that's that's something that we all desire or want to want desire. So sometimes just getting connected can be what's challenging and, and it can cause us to develop this sense of imposter syndrome. I don't know if you guys know what I mean by that. I have heard this term so many times um, and I didn't start hearing it until I actually was feeling it. But essentially it's just feeling like a fraud. And I know that for some people, whenever we are not spending time with God or not desiring to spend time with God, it can make us feel like we're not good enough Christians or that we are frauds. So, and this is not the case. I personally have been here multiple times. There was 
a time I didn't desire God. Seriously, I would roll my eyes and scroll past every Jesus post and I would feel a little bit guilty about it, about not wanting to look at it, about not stopping or, you know, whatever, wanting to learn or anything, but not enough to go back and look at it and not enough to actually care about what they said. I didn't really even want to be around Jesus people. And it was especially weird because I didn't even want to want that desire. And I may be like talking in circles, but it, it makes sense in my head because it's like, you know, we, we may want, desire something and then not do it or follow through. But it's another thing to not even to want to want that thing, you know? And so for me, it was something that I thought was built into our DNA. So I was like, something has to be wrong with me because I don't even want to want this thing. So I was like, I, I was just worried that God was mad at me because I wasn't interested. And I just started kind of accepting the fact that maybe I was just too cold or logical um, to kind of get into this space with God. It kind of felt too outlandish or too far off. So I was like, maybe I'm just too logical of a thinker. Maybe I just am. I, I am just like, I can't get there. So I then couldn't open up or be vulnerable to that sort of love. So I was like, maybe something's wrong with me. And it was concerning for me because I was someone who in some way had some sort of influence or was known for being like the spiritual leader of some sort, not on like a large scale by any means, but to some extent, I had people that asked me for advice or looked up to me in some way spiritually. And it was difficult because I had all these internal struggles going on of like, how am I supposed to be? what they need or help them or tell them, you know, what they should do when I can barely even pray. And I think you'll come to find the more often than not, it's a spiritual attack of some sort. Of course, the enemy doesn't want you to grow in your relationship with the father. He will push you into fear and condemnation. He'll use temptations to sway your desires. And if you don't have control over your flesh, it will follow. And before we know it, we'll be in a desert land feeling completely defeated and completely unsatisfied. And I want you to know that it's normal to not to want to spend time with God. By nature, we not I'm not saying it's okay. It's not I'm not saying that it's okay. I'm saying that it's normal because by nature, we are sinful. We're sinful creatures. So, you don't feel like opening up your Bible join the club. (laughs) Honestly, you are not alone. Join the club. But the thing is, is that we need to do it anyway. I have been on this journey lately of self-discipline or just discipline kind of in general, or the submission of my flesh and taking authority over my feelings, this whole journey. A lot of us make our flesh our God. And I don't think that we realize that we're doing it because it's just kind of how we live. Whatever our flesh feels like doing or wants to indulge in or not indulge in, we listen. If we want to sleep in, we sleep in. We are completely slaves to whatever it tells us to do. do. We're slaves to our emotions. And I've been learning that we actually can train our flesh to submit to us. I had this revelation about like three weeks ago and I was like, oh my gosh, wait, I can take authority over this. I don't have to let this control me. And so I want to share with you guys a mission statement that I wrote to speak over myself as I continue to learn to become more self-disciplined. So I am not the most self-disciplined person. I am not even claiming to be, I'm not even claiming to be 20% disciplined, but I'm on this journey to figuring it out. And I fully believe that by the grace of God, (laughs) 
I will get there. So it's important to be intentional about being self-disciplined. Right now, I'm just in the intentionality stage, just intentionally trying. (laughs) And we know that we need to do this because it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So it's a skill that we all have inherited, but like anything, we need to learn to use it. So this mission statement that I want to share with you guys, it's all scripturally based. um, And it's just an example of what I speak over myself in the morning, however many times it takes until it sinks in. I will just repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. Sometimes I'll be too tired to really understand what I'm speaking, um, but we know that the word of God is never null and void and it never comes back invalid. So we know that even if I don't understand what I'm speaking in the moment, that it is still um, working to my benefit because it's the word of God. It, it can't fall flat. So, but I do want to take it in. So I will speak it over myself as many times as I need until it kind of sinks in and I realize and I kind of get in that mindset. So this is um, an example of one of my mission statements. So this is my self-discipline one. As a child of God, I claim the authority I have fully inherited. My body is a temple. Within it dwells the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the completeness of the power of the resurrection of Christ. I walk in peace, in power, in love, in gentleness, and self-control in the likeness of Christ. Against such things there is no law. I am the authority and ruler over my mind and my body. For the moment, discipline seems painful, but later yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those trained by it. I am of those trained by it. I discipline my mind and keep it under control. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. I deny my flesh. I tell it what to do and it listens. I tell my body what to crave and it listens. I tell it when to arise and it listens. I tell it when to sleep and it listens. My body, spirit, and mind are trained in accordance with the scriptures so that I may be efficiently used for God's glory and his righteousness." And I really love saying this over myself because sometimes it's hard for us to conceptual, like it's hard for us to grasp the fact that we, A, have the ability to call ourselves into submission to the Father and to us because we know we walk closely with the Lord and so we know what is righteous and good and brings God glory. And that's something that we want for our lives, but sometimes our flesh can get in the way. We have to realize that there is a real enemy and self-discipline acts as a cement wall that keeps the enemy from finding a way in. We want to keep him out. We want to keep him from fighting from the inside because then that's when we can really get in trouble when he is in our minds or we are believing these lies and then when he's fighting from the inside out and just destroying us from our home base. And so self-discipline kind of when I imagine it is like this cement wall that keeps everything out. It keeps us tight and strict and solid and knowing what is good and right and just. And I really like how it says, um, oh, where is it? Oh, it says something about that. Hang on, let me find it. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. And I love that because we're supposed to guard and protect what is sacred and important. And if we are, and it says, this is straight from the Bible. This, that is a, is a straight up verse. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. And that was kind of really a moment for me that I was like, wow, I really need to like self-control is a form of protection and it's a weapon. And I think that's one of the reasons it's a fruit of the spirit and it's so important to have and so important to, um, 
um, demonstrate and operate in. So like I said, it's important to remember that there is a real enemy and self-discipline just kind of encapsulates everything and keeps us on the straight and narrow because we don't waver from one side or to another and we are less likely to be tempted by other things. Um, Spiritual growth, I have this written down, spiritual growth is in the submission of our flesh so I, I actually wrote an Instagram caption on this and it was kind of like a really cool eye-opening moment for me. I love when I'm able to like write things down and it just kind of be written down exactly the way that I feel it. I don't know. But anyway, I just wanted to read this to you guys really quick. Spiritual growth is in the submission of our flesh. Spiritual growth is in the train is in training ourselves to do it anyway. Spiritual growth is in the adaptation of your desires because with every act of discipline, you are conquering your flesh and becoming more Christ-minded. And I love that. I love the spiritual growth is in the training, is in training ourselves to do it anyway. So that means even when we don't feel like it, training ourselves to just do it anyway. With every act of self-control, you are telling your emotions that they are not your God and the resistance grows quieter and your spirit grows stronger. Guys, that is so powerful. That is so, so powerful. With every act of self-control, you are communicating to your emotions. You do not control me. And the resistance of that, of, of what your flesh is trying to get you to do or your emotions is trying to talk you out of doing, it grows quieter and your spirit goes stronger. It's like with practicing anything or any muscle or, or any sort of discipline. It's it's going, you're, and the thing is, is that we were made to commune with God. And it's like when we can get our sinful nature and our flesh out of the way, we can step into that destiny and who we were called to be. So there, it's going to be familiarity there. It's just breaking down those walls in order to get to that place. So you're like, okay, discipline, we get it do it anyway. But what about the lack of desire? I want to want to desire the things of God. And I, I, I totally get that. I've learned that one of the most important things that we can be is honest and vulnerable, especially with God, because he sees so much more than we think he does. I want to remind you guys of a Psalm 139 that says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me, you know, when I sit And when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. I'm going to read that again because it's good. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You, You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. It's too high for me to attain. I love this. And I wanted to remind you guys of this because not only does he know of these things going on inside of us, he is not caught off guard by any of it, but he also knows the things that are going around us. He sees the spiritual warfare and the things that are going on around us. He sees the wars going on for our hearts, the wars going on for attention. So he understands this battle and he is not surprised by it. He sees when our desire dwindles, yet what is so wonderful and so cool about this is that he's never once stopped desiring us. He is not, he is not situational based. He is 
he has a love for us that is unconditional that even when we may be like questioning things or confused or you know we're being pulled in a different direction his love is still solid and it is still stagnant so I want you to know that not for a single moment has he ever lost any interest in you he knows your heart and he knows he and this sounds brutal but he knows that you don't desire him and that kind of is really sad <laughs> you know I don't want God to know that I'm struggling with that or that I you know I don't want to read my Bible or whatever but that's not hidden from him. And if God is the creator of your heart, can he not influence it? And if he is the giver of your desires, can he not reignite them? Pray and ask God to help you to want to desire to desire him. Ask God to help you to desire him, to want to delight in him. Ask him for a new heart, a softened one, a tender one. Then begin pouring those things into your soul. I think this is the next step is then taking all of this information and taking um, and praying these things to him and then start filling yourself up on the things of God. Even when you hate it, even when you don't want it, turn on the worship music, listen to the sermon, crack open your Bible, look up the scripture, um, make yourself read those posts that you want to scroll by, even if you hate it, even if you feel like you didn't get anything out of it continue to pour those things into you because what you pour in will come out it's not that that the desire isn't there it's that either the seed it's still yet a seed or because you haven't fed it in a long time and you've stopped feeding it God lives on the edge of his seat waiting for even these simple moments with you just try Because I promise you things will start to change and you will start to get revelations and you will start to go to new levels with God. Breakthrough always comes after the battle and new levels are always are always on the other side of obedience. So try to keep that in mind whenever you are walking through this season. Try to not be so hard on yourself. God isn't being hard on you and he is not condemning you. And try every day to just not condemn yourself for these feelings that you are having or whatever it is that you are struggling with, but to continue to press through, continue to spend time with God even when you're not feeling it because God isn't just a feeling. You are going to walk through these seasons. And I'm sorry this is more encouraging because it it it's it's difficult but this is the reality of doing life with God is that we aren't always going to feel some certain way there's always going to be these areas of the seasons where either things are quiet or you're in a rut or you're having to figure out how to push through and then from there you are you you kind of like your relationship with God grows stronger and stronger and stronger because you guys continue to go to new levels and you continue to grow in your obedience and in your faith and work through these things and work through them in and having this joy because we know that this produces perseverance and I know that's a tough scripture because it's not fun but that's kind of what we were talking about today is that um, or that I had in my mission statement that it sucks for while it's happening but it's so great because we are able to train ourselves and know that we you know not give ourselves an option to be like no you are going to serve the Lord regardless of what you're feeling right now regardless of what's going on right now you are going to press in and serve the Lord because that is what you are called to do that is what you were made to do. And that is ultimately what your spirit longs for, but your flesh is getting in the way right now. And so then call your flesh out and tell it to 
be quiet and that you are not going to pay any more attention to it and just arrest those thoughts right then and there and go and grab your Bible and open it up and tell your flesh, you are not in control. I am in control. And so it's just, it ends up being a pretty powerful thing. And so I've been able to kind of practice this with very, there's a whole lot of things that you, once you kind of draw attention to it, and you realize how much you let your your feelings control, uh, it is pretty eye-opening and pretty crazy. Like when it comes to finances or when it comes to what you want to eat or when it comes to um, exercise or all those things that are really good for us that we don't want to do. <laughs> so it's, it's really crazy. But I just encourage you guys to just continue to press through and continue to make it a point to spend time with God and show God, not that we have to prove ourselves to God, but to show God, um, you know, that you can try trust me with being obedient, that I am going to work through this and work through my emotions and work through what I'm feeling and make you in this relationship a priority. You can count on me. And which is such a really cool place to be with God. But anyways, I hope that this was encouraging to you guys. I know that this was kind of a shorter episode, I think, if I'm looking correctly. I don't know. Maybe you guys love that. But anyways, I hope this was an encouraging episode to you guys. And I hope that you guys felt, um, you know, a little less alone in this. And because I know that it is a real struggle and I don't want you guys to feel shamed about it. I want you to know that I've struggled with it too and that it is totally manageable. You can completely conquer this you can have time with God and you you can move past this to where you have time with God and it is what keeps you breathing like it is everything to you and your desire can be so through the roof that you were going to be lit on fire and just completely like ignited and radiant and so excited to spend time with God that you were going to have to pull yourself away from your Bible in order to go and take care of the responsibilities that you have so I am praying that over all of you guys. I love you guys so, so much. I hope that you have a really good rest of your week and I cannot wait to chat with you guys again. Bye.